0: It's time to break the mold of what you've been taught your entire adult life. Welcome to Happily Ever Employed. Your career is a business, and you should run it like a business. Every episode of Happily Ever Employed will teach you just how to focus on how to do that. We'll interview everybody from people trying to figure it out to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. This is Happily Ever Employed, and this is Detra Giles. So we have a lot to unpack. As I told you, three parts, (laughs) uh, extra special, happily ever employed episodes. So today I wanna talk about the ESPN situation with Rachel and Maria. Listen to me, you all. There are so many layers to this. Because of that, number one, I wanna warn you, I am not going to unpack all of those layers because from an HR perspective, I could literally do a full day training course on all of the HR layers in this. As a matter of fact, I am going to do that with my college course. I'm going to be breaking down this with my students and we could spend the entire semester breaking down all of the layers of HR involved in this scenario from intersectionality to uh, contract negotiations, to talent, to employee relations, to career development and advancement. There's so much. So I'm not going to break down everything because we just don't have that amount of time. But I will also say I'm going to break down quite a bit more than usual. So this is not going to be your usual happily ever employed episode where we're in and out five, 10, maybe 15 minutes maximum. It's going to be a little bit longer because I have a lot to unpack and not just unpacking the situation. That's important. But what's more important to me about unpacking this for you is that you understand how scenarios like this are in direct correlation to your career. Of course, we see this on the news and your situation won't make the news, but trust me when I tell you this situation is happening in your organization. So if you don't know what happened, ESPN is in the news uh, because of a statement by Rachel Nichols who is one of the uh, journalists at ESPN. Um, and she made some comments about Maria Taylor, who is also a coworker or a peer of hers over at ESPN. And here, I want you to listen to what Rachel said about Maria in relation to their position. So here, let's listen to what Rachel said in her own words. I wish Rachel all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your like crappy long time record on university, which by the way, I myself like know personally from the female side of it, like go for it. Just you know, find it somewhere else. Like you're not going to find it with me. Then take my thing away. Now. Understand, this is just a clip. There was a much longer conversation. Rachel thought she was having a private conversation with her, a colleague of hers who wasn't an ESPN colleague, but a, a industry colleague. She thought she was having a private conversation. It was the, the Zoom version of a hot mic. She thought everything was turned off. It wasn't. They were on a Zoom server that goes to ESPN, so it wasn't even her private Zoom. Someone at ESPN heard it. The conversation got leaked. That's another layer. That's not what we're here to talk about. But here's what I want to break down for you. I want to break down five things for you that you need to be thinking about in relation to this situation. One, if I were HR ESPN, what would I be doing? So what should HR's focus be? Number two, if I were Rachel Nichols, the person who made the statement, what would I be doing in relation to salvaging my career? Number three, if I were Maria, the person who the statements were made about, so if you were in the Maria situation in this whole scenario, what should you be doing? What would you be doing? Number four, if I were a co-worker, so if I'm the co-worker of Maria or Rachel, what would I be saying? What would I be doing right now? And what should you be thinking about in this situation? So five things, if I were HR, if I were Rachel, if I were Maria, if I were a coworker, and if I'm you, what should you be doing? So let's start off with number one. If I'm HR, now here's what's going to be a shocker for you. If I'm HR in this situation, right now, as it's happening today, let me tell you what I'm doing. Get ready. brace yourself. clutch your pearls. Because I'm about to shock you. I would be doing nothing. I know that sounds crazy. You're like, Deidre, nothing? Your HR, this woman has said these things, it's caused this uproar, and, and you would do nothing with this being all over the news, and there's a public outcry about something being done by ESPN, and you're saying you would do nothing. Nothing is a stretch. What I would probably be doing is discussing policies, procedures, protocol, and our typical ESPN processes with public relations and senior executives on how they make the decision of what they should be doing with Rachel. Here's why. This conversation is not new, and it's not new to ESPN. They knew about this conversation last year. Everything that should have happened or was going to happen should have happened last year. At this point, we're not dealing with an HR issue. We're dealing with a public relations issue. ESPN at this point needs to save face. They need to look like they're doing the right thing. They need to have this public appearance of performative whatever they're going to do. At this point, it's not an HR issue. It was an HR issue last year when it happened. So HR might have jumped in last year, but right now this is PR. So what I would be doing is working with PR to say, okay, you all need to save face and make us look like we're doing the right thing. But how do we do that without violating our own policies and procedures and protocols? Um, And what can we do? from an HR perspective that doesn't violate those things while still helping you look like you're doing the right thing. Because at this point, it's just all performative. Anything that was going to be substantive as far as disciplinary action is concerned should have happened last year. Here's the other gotcha where I'm going to make you clutch your pearls. If I was HR, where you say, what do you mean, Dietra? People don't get punished for their thoughts and their feelings. They get reprimanded, For their actions and you think what do you mean how many times have you thought I sure want to punch my boss in the throat oh you've never thought that other people have thought that how many times have you thought my boss is an idiot and they should probably be fired how many times have you thought oh my gosh this person is dumber than dirt how many times have you thought something that if you acted upon it would have gotten you fired would have gotten you reprimanded, would have gotten you put in jail, let's be honest. So as an organization, we don't punish you for your thoughts. We punish you for your adverse activities that have an impact. So it's not that you thought, I wanna punch my boss in the throat, it's that you actually punched your boss in the throat that got you in trouble, or that you said to your boss, I am going to punch you in your throat. That's a threat. We can reprimand you based on that. But we don't reprimand people based on their feelings. And what Rachel was talking about was how she felt. She did not have the power or the authority to give or take away Maria's position, to give or take away that promotion, to give or take away her salary demands. She wasn't in a position to do that. So she was just sharing her thoughts and feelings. Now, do we like those thoughts and feelings? No. But... We think thoughts and feelings that others don't like all the time, and we would be calling the first attorney in the in, on Google if we got reprimanded for just having those thoughts and feelings, right? So again, I may coach Rachel, maybe may have some conversations, some really heart to heart, come to Jesus conversations with Rachel. But as HR, would I reprimand her? No because she was expressing her thoughts and feelings that had not translated into an action. Now, that does not mean I would not monitor and make sure that those thoughts and feelings don't begin to manifest into an adverse action, not just to uh, Maria, but to others like her that may be in Rachel's purview or under Rachel's supervision. I would be mindful because now I am put on notice. I am put on notice. I need to pay attention to these things. I need to be mindful that this is already there and there's a potential for these thoughts to turn into a behavior. I'm mindful, but would I reprimand? No. And here's the reality. Any reprimand that happens is strictly performative. One, as I said before, because if it was really honest and sincere, it would have happened last year when this information first came out. They knew about it last year and There's really no action to take, no action taken by uh, Rachel to reprimand based on. She had a conversation with a colleague. Do we like it? No. But do people think and have conversations that we don't necessarily like all the time? Yes, it happens. You've participated in them. You've thought them. And you absolutely know that you should not re-reprimand it. Now, that's separate. Let's go to part two. If I were Rachel, so let's say in this scenario, you are the Rachel in the situation. You said something, it got out, and now your reputation is tarnished. There is a blemish on your resume there's a blemish on your reputation within the organization you have a chink in your armor and now you're like okay Ditra, how do I bounce back from this if I were coaching Maria what would I be doing one I would do what one of the things that she's already done I'm owning up to this I'm not standing hiding behind it oh well that's not what I meant to say no I said what I said it was wrong And I am owning that it was wrong. And I am doing the apology circuit like she's trying to do. She said she tried to reach out to Maria. Maria's not calling her back, but she's trying to reach out to apologize. Listen, I'm doing the apology circuit. But what I'm also going to do is I'm going to stand behind some of the factual statements I made. So while we aren't so keen on Rachel right now, I want us to take note of some of the very Uh, some of the information she really in her statement called ESPN out on. One, she mentioned ESPN has not done a good job of handling diversity, diversity, equity, and inclusion. One of the things she said was this is the part we have to be able to separate because separate the part that offends us from the part that is factual that we need to jump on. So the part that's factual jump on, she said, listen, ESPN, you have not done your due diligence in properly recognizing and promoting this minority talent. And now that you're doing that, I don't want you to do it to me because guess what? I, too, have been a part of you not properly recognizing this talent. She's a woman in a male-dominated industry, and she's saying, I had to claw my way, too, because I know that ESPN doesn't do this right. I know they have a hard time because I have been victim of their failure to properly promote the qualified people simply because they didn't fit the mold of what it should be. So let's listen to what she's saying. Hey, I know you all got caught not doing what you need to do as it relates to diversity. I know you all have done a crappy job of doing this the right way. I know you don't do things the way it needs to be done as it relates to properly promoting the highly qualified people, despite whether they're their gender, their ethnicity, their race. I know that for a fact. And that's what she said in that statement. You don't, Don't now come and penalize me because of what you have done wrong. And if I were her, I would own what I said. I would do the apology circuit and I would continue to discuss how ESPN has not necessarily done their due diligence in keeping up with where we are and keeping up with the people who should be in these proper positions. I would definitely do that. Now, what I would also do is make it clear that I was wrong in my statement because they are they are not just trying to promote Maria just because she's black. If you're watching ESPN, you know they have Maria everywhere. This woman is bringing value to ESPN. And so I would publicly correct that statement. So my apology would not just be trying to text her. I would not just come out and apologize. Hey, I said something. It was wrong for me to say. I would be very specific in what was wrong because now she has her own PR game to play. And what I would be doing, I don't want to drop it all here because in case she needs to coach, she can call me because I don't want to give away all the secrets, but I would be hiring a coach that specializes, that has a team, that has a PR team attached like I do, and has that the the publicist that can navigate and craft these conversations, because right now she's out there making statements. I can tell she has a publicist behind the scenes helping her craft these statements, but they aren't going quite far enough to help her salvage her career. Also, if you're Rachel in a situation, I would be exploring options. Because this company, your time may be up here. And as an org, as a individual, as an employeepreneur who's managing their career like a business, you have to recognize when it's time for you to take your business elsewhere. Can your relationships here be salvaged? The answer is possibly. Do you want to take the time to salvage them? The answer is yes, maybe or maybe not. But also knowing when is it time to lay low and let some stuff blow over? We are in a short news cycle. Next week, something else will happen. This will no longer be a story and people can move on. So, I would not continue to make this a news story. I would say what I need to say and then shut up because in a few weeks, this will be over, this will blow over, and things will be able to keep moving, and you may be able to salvage your career elsewhere. Would I stay here? If I were Rachel, I probably would not because now we're going to have coworkers that really don't want to work with you. It's going to be a difficult environment. I may not stay. I'm not saying she should leave. I'm saying if I were Rachel, it would be at the top of my list for consideration. Now, Let's talk about Maria. If I were Maria's executive coach, career coach, what would I be telling Maria? I would be telling Maria, be publicly quiet, privately vocal, and let the the people, the team of people that she's built around her to push her career forward, speak on her behalf. What does that mean? Right now, the press and everybody is doing Maria's work publicly. I would not say a thing. If I were her coach, I would tell her publicly, zip it. Privately, I want you vocal. Privately, I want you talking to these executives about how you can join the PR team and make this messaging work well for them. I want you talking vocally about what that looks like in negotiations in terms of your contract, which is almost up. I would be talking uh, privately about what the future looks like for me. For them and for others in the organization, I will be talking to them vocally about what is a diversity, equity, inclusion, strategic plan look like and how do we implement that into the culture and fabric of this organization. Vocally, I would be having conversations that include where my career goes, what my contract looks like and what this company looks like and the potential for me walking out the door and what does that look like and mean for them? Because let's be clear, Right now, ESPN is concerned about what does all of this look like? You know how we know? Because I go back to the original thing. This happened last year, and now they're jumping on it because of what it looks like. So when you are in the throes of a crisis or something like this in the organization, you need to be focused on what they are focused on. ESPN does not give a rat's patootie about Rachel or Maria. What they're concerned about are their constituents, those of us who pay to have ESPN on our TV, and what this could mean for their bottom line. So when you're approaching If I were Maria, I'm not approaching from the, you all need to make it look like you care. You don't care about black women, women, you don't, they don't care. They care about their bottom line. So I'm approaching this conversation privately from the, how do we impact that bottom line? But let's be clear in my mind, I'm speaking your language so I can get what I want and need. If this were me, I'm concerned about persons of colors getting what they need in the organization, getting the promotion they want and the pay that they deserve. Now, no one wants to hear that, so I'm approaching it from a how do we do this from what you need? You need to look good. Well, I'm willing to help with that, and here's what I need to help you. Help me help you. That's what I'm doing privately. But the other thing that I'm exploring is I too, if I'm coaching Maria, baby, let's explore your options. What options are available to you? Because prior to this, and we won't get into that either, we're going to stick to the situation. But prior to this, ESPN has did some communication about their desires to have her. And they've done some things to kind of put her in her place. For example, uh, allegedly, uh, they offered her five million at the renewal of her contract. She came back allegedly saying for between six and seven million. And after her comeback of negotiations, they cut the offer in half and said, well, if you don't take our five, we're offering you 2.5. That is a power move. That's a move that is done to put people in their place. Let's understand negotiations are part par for the course is what happens, especially at these higher levels. It happens all the time. It could take six months to get a deal worked out. And so for them to come back and cut the deal in half is absolutely communicating something to her that she needs to be keen on. And if I'm her coach, I'm saying, OK, let's make this play out. And now let's explore some options. Let's see what's out there in the pool. And believe me, there's a lot out there in the pool because this woman is clearly good at her job and she's demonstrated value. So I'm coaching her on on publicly being quiet, privately being vocal and what she should be saying, but also coaching her on exploring her options outside of the organization because walking, leaving, shooting the deuces has to absolutely be an option for her. Now, if I were co-workers, because that's the, the next big backlash, co-workers coming out defending uh, Rachel or falling on Maria's side or saying these things. If I'm a co-worker, let me tell you something. If I am a co-worker, there are a few things, few options that I would have. And I will say, if I were coaching the co-workers, it depends on your situation, what I would have you do. Most co-workers, for the majority of them, I would tell them, be quiet unless there is a reason for you to speak. Now, that sounds like, Deetra, that's common sense, y'all. If common sense was actually common, we wouldn't have half the problems we have in the world. There are people who want to talk just to be able to say something. There are people who will see this as their five minutes of fame so they can jump out in front and say, hey, I work at ESPN and I want to speak on behalf of this person or that person. For the most part, ninety nine point nine percent of their coworkers just need to hush it, just zip it. Don't say a word. If I were their coach. This is not your conversation. This ain't your story. This is not your time to speak. Be quiet. For other coworkers that feel like I need to defend one person or the other, if I'm speaking up as their coworker, I am going to speak in relation to my experience of them. Let me tell you what's damaging. When you say a person is not, when you say a person is it's damaging for you because now you are piggybacking your reputation on theirs when you really don't know how that person is. What you can say is, I experienced them to be, this person has to me, or I have not experienced that of them. For example, I am probably the one of the nicest people you want to meet. I really am, I I value people. I value treating people fairly. I value treating people with honesty, integrity. I value the importance that every person brings to this world. I really do, and I I think that everyone, everyone brings something valuable and I try to treat them as such. But there are people who have experienced me as a female dog, Just let's be honest. I, there are people out there who will look you in your face and say, Dieter is the biggest bee I have ever met in my entire life. And you're saying, no, that can't be true. But that's not your experience of me. And when you tie that, no, she's not. You don't know who I am when we're not together. You don't you know how many mass murderers had bodies buried in their backyard and their wives and children were none the wiser. And they were like, what do, you, what do you mean there's a body buried back there? He couldn't have done that. Yeah, he did. You just don't know him in that, in that space. So one, I would probably just be quiet. Two, if I have to speak, if I have to speak and ask yourself, why would I have to speak? I would speak in terms of how I've experienced that person. Now, let's be clear. I told you while I do this training, this diversity, equity, inclusion training, and there are people that like you but don't like your people. Let me break that down for you. There are people that like you in particular, but don't like your people. The example I always give is I used to own a cat, loved my cat. I loved my cat. I still don't like cats. I didn't like cats then. I don't like cats now, but I love that cat. And you could not walk around saying, oh, Deetra's a cat lover because she has a cat. I don't like cats. I like this one. Plus like children. I love my kids. I don't care that much about yours. I mean, I'm not going to kill them or hurt them or harm or anything, but don't drop your kids at my house because she has kids. She, she wants to watch your kids. I don't want to watch your kids. No, love my kids, not yours. So let's be clear. If you have to speak out, that's a big if. That's a big I-F. If you have to speak out, speak in your own experiences. Now, let's talk about working with this person. If you have to work with this person, here is what you need to do. You need to be mindful as a coworker. I'm going to be very mindful of my experiences with this person. What often happens in these situations is that there's a lot of gaslighting going on. Oh, this person treated me unfairly. I think it's because I happen to be black. Oh, no, 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 no. You just imagine that oh, this person said something to me sideways. I think it's because, oh, no, that wasn't why. A lot of gaslighting. But now that you have this information, I am going to be very mindful of the impact this person has on me and my career. Remember earlier, I said, if I'm HR, I'm doing nothing because we can't punish you for your thoughts. We don't reprimand people for their thoughts. But We do reprimand and handle situations based on actions. So if as a coworker, if I'm now mindful of, wait a minute, what are the actions this person is taking? I know HR can't do anything about their thoughts, but now I'm experiencing the behaviors that are the results of those thoughts. And now I'm going to move forward. So now I'm going to be watching and making sure, hey, that I'm not experiencing Actions that come from your thoughts, behaviors that I experience because of your thought patterns, right? Now, if I were you, I would sit back and look at this entire situation and I would write my own list. I would create my own list, breaking this down and saying, hey, How does this relate to what I'm experiencing in the workplace? Because you see this on the news and it looks like some, oh, this is some good drama. This is like reality TV. But I don't want you to see it as entertainment. I want you to see it as a career guide. What happens when there is crisis in my career? What are the different layers? Which one of these players am I? And how do I best navigate this situation to benefit my career? Am I ESPN in the situation? Am I Maria? Am I Rachel? Am I the coworker? And what's the best move for me to make to get from the cubicle to the corner office? Don't be entertained when you should be getting educated. I appreciate you for listening to Happily Ever Employed. Don't just change your life, change your friend's life and make sure to share this podcast. You can find me at Deetra Giles on Facebook or D-U-G-I-L-E-S on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me, you can reach me at D-U-G-I-L-E-S at execuprep.com. That's E X E C U P R E P. pcom Com. And remember, I love you with my whole heart area. So go out, be great, unapologetically and on purpose.